0: Welcome, people, friends, family, listeners, old and new, and let's not forget about my haters. I know you're listening too. Welcome motherfuckers Welcome to episode 11 of the East-West Grind It's January 20th This is a great day for everyday America The day President Trump and his gang of dirty thieves are out And good ass riddance Wait, unless he resigns before next week, to which adios, President Pence. It's all like a general hospital episode with these guys. But back to the two bit C level own and Newsmax for all you, yes, men and women. Kaylee McEnany, you become Judge Tubuck Chuck in the legitimate legal world jenna ellis you are already there trash with crazy sydney powell the kraken and lynn wood hey you guys nobody with high ethical standards as a business leader or worth their salt is gonna hire you guys any of you your credibility is terrible and not just in business but as public servants all you GOP that play ball Lion Ted Little Marco wait a minute you know who didn't play ball? the Bushes Cindy McCain Megan Paul Ryan did not play ball respectable conservative the generals the thousands of people within the branches and departments of the government they did not play ball but the guys who did play ball they're all jumping off that train right now y'all I kid you not McConnell too. NBC News january 7th republicans warned this day would come then they forgot it should have said and then you woke up perfect but the responsible adults are back in charge under president trump america has struggled with itself its self-esteem and as the superpower and standard barrier for democracies all over the world. Better days ahead, my friends. What a time in history to be alive. What's up, everybody? I hope you're good. We're hanging in here in the Bay Area. We're looking at a president impeached twice, twice, who believed he could build an army large enough to take down the government. We'll get into that in a bit, but a real quick side note out the gate. President Trump gave instructions to go to the Capitol that day. I'll be with you, he said. I got you. I'll be with you. I'm going to be marching with you. He wasn't there. Bannon wasn't there. Limbaugh wasn't there. None of those loudmouth, right-wing podcasters or Fox hosts were there screaming like this was their Spartacus moment. They let you do it. I fucking knew it. But back to the impeachment. My money's on Mitch McConnell not removing him. Although I could be wrong, he might be ready to dropkick Trump down to Mar-a-Lago before Trump knows what hit him. Liz Cheney said she's down like a clown to impeach, and she's Republican. Her father is uh, Dick Cheney Halliburton. He was the vice president under Bush one. But all you fuckers, President Trump and team, President Trump and team, off you guys go, man. Today's the day. Everybody, just go away. And a quick side-side note, long after we're all gone and our grandkids and their kids and their grandkids are occupying and running America, historians already, Pulitzer Prize winning, winning historians who write about our country's history and presidents, like Doris Kearns Goodwin, Leadership in Turbulent Times, I got her audiobook, it was great. I talk about her a couple of times in the episodes prior, but um, she, as a historian, and most of them, most of the historians are saying, yeah, it's not going to be good at all. Like his presidential library is going to be in a gift shop at Trump Tower, like that kind of not good. Watch this clip scene about seven
1: as the nation awaits the outcome of this election. A lot of Americans are feeling, I would say, an understatement, but feeling very anxious. Yeah, yeah. history shows us that passion and partisanship have always
2: been part of the process and people will find a way to come together again.
1: And you know who's going to make us believe this for sure is presidential historian and author of Leadership in Turbulent Times, Doris Kearns Goodwin. She studied the state of the nation from its darkest days to its unifying comebacks Doris, we were just talking about how we all need perspective in this moment, because I think everyone is looking around and they're looking at people as the other. They're walking down streets in their communities and seeing things boarded up. And quite frankly, you wonder how we can come together. Is there anything in history that shows us like we've actually been either here or in a worse place before and we've come back?
3: Without a question. I mean, history shows us that we've lived through worse times before and we've endured them and we've come out stronger. I mean, think what it was like in the early days of the revolution when we were losing battles or the early days of the Civil War when 600,000 people were die or years of living through the Great Depression or the early days of World War II. And yet we now know the end of those stories. We know the revolution was won. We know the Civil War ended with the Union restored and emancipation guaranteed. We know the Depression came to an end and that the Allies won World War II. They felt the anxiety we're feeling now, not knowing the end of the story. But when you look back at history and you see us emerging through those times, it gives you hope. It gives you perspective. And it provides lessons. That's that's why I love it so much.
2: Doris, we love to listen to you talk mm-hmm. about history because it does provide this comfort. And you also have studied leadership throughout history. I wonder... If we are the leader of our home, Mm -hmm. if we're a leader in our school, in our communities, what lessons from history can we do to bring some peace to our communities?
3: You know, I think it's a really wonderful question because I think leadership is exercised everywhere we are. It just gets magnified in the presidency and even more magnified in a time of crisis. And we know what those qualities are. I've studied these great leaders over time. The first is maybe humility, the willingness to acknowledge errors and learn from your mistakes and to be able to grow. You have to grow through your interaction with other people. And maybe the second, and it's so important today, is empathy, having that ability to see what other people are feeling, to feel what other people are feeling and to understand different points of view. That's so critical today when we have these tribal politics. And then there's resilience to be able to get through trials of fire. Ernest Hemingway said, everyone is broken by life, but afterwards, some are stronger in the broken places. Mm. And then you've got the need to create a team around you, wherever you are, who can argue with you, question your assumptions, bring different points of view to bear. And then what you're really hoping is that you've got a word that can be trusted. There's an integrity in your word that people can trust in it. And finally, that you develop an ambition for self when you're younger. That's a natural thing. But somehow it grows for the family, for the community, for the country. It's something larger than yourself. If those qualities are there, we have leaders and people responding. We're going to be just fine.
1: Oh, I like that. I like it. I feel like we have, mar- we have our marching orders. Doris, take us back again because, you know, we have, we have families who aren't speaking to one another. We have neighbors who have signs up in their yards who don't even want to look at one another. Um, and I was curious if you, with your knowledge of history back in the Civil War days when people actually fought on opposite sides, um, how did they ever come together at the end? How did it work?
3: Well, think what it must have been like. You're absolutely right. Families are divided. The whole country is divided. You've got two different nations, the Confederate nation and the union. But I think that's where leadership really mattered. The Even on the eve of winning the Civil War, what Lincoln does is he doesn't give a triumphal message. He comes out and he argues that both sides read the same Bible both prayed to the same God, neither's prayers were fully answered. And then he calls for reconciliation, you know, with malice toward none and charity for all, let us bind up the nation's wounds. It's that kind of leadership that we need to draw out the part of us that's hungering for letting these divisions heal and begin slowly the process of becoming, as Harry said, the United States of America. Again, what unites us is still greater than what is dividing us. We just have to bring that to the surface.
2: We saw a huge voter turnout, mm-hmm. something that shows us that our democracy is still very much valued. Mm-hmm. I wonder when you see that mm-hmm. and you see it in action, do you feel hopeful? And even though, as Hoda just said, people, n- neighbors can't even mm-hmm. sit at the same dinner table, mm-hmm. families are divided. Like, how do we overcome that and still think, okay, our democracy is strong? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, what that massive vote shows us is that people have taken a, a considerable part in the process. And maybe then the government won't seem like some foreign body out there that we hate or we love. And so as a matter of fact, then we become we, are, we the people are the government. So that's a really hopeful sign. We've got to do something about how we consume our media, because what happened in the 1850s was that you only read your partisan press. So if you're a Republican and you're reading about Lincoln, who's at a debate with Stephen Douglas, they'll say he was so great, he was carried out on the arms of his supporters you read the democratic newspaper and they say he was so terrible he had to be dragged <laughs> out of the room and that's what's happening to us now we have to figure out how to get facts that we agree on then we can argue about the opinions but i, I say i think the hunger is there our participation is there all sorts of obstacles were placed before us in this pandemic and people voted and especially young people voted and that's the future if they start believing and trusting in the process then maybe we can get a new start on this division and, that is so terrible for us to and, have to endure
1: And just quickly, one one last question, Doris. If you were to sit across from the man who would be president right now, and if that person was already decided, what would be your ABCs? What advice would you give him going into these next couple
3: months? I mean, I think the first thing would say that words matter. So the tone of how you speak to the country is really important calling for that healing. Second, actions matter. I'd tell him, or it has to be him right now, I guess, <laughs> tell him to bring as many people from the opposite side right into the White House as soon as he can, to create a team that has different points of view in it so that you've got that team of rivals like Lincoln had. And most importantly, to become president of all the people. Go to the states you lost. Talk to the people who didn't support you and begin to use the power of the bully pulpit of the presidency to set a new tone for the country. Leaders can matter. That moment that FDR came into the inaugural and he had a different point of view from the previous administration, suddenly headlines said, we have a leader, the government still lives, and the mood of the country changed. It's extraordinary what leadership and a following people can do. And it's up to the people themselves. Every real change in our country has come from the ground up. So we have to demand something more from not just the president, but from our people in Washington that they start talking. Maybe they should all live in the White House together for a couple of weekends (laughs) and see if they can get something together. Just bring them together. That's Uh, what LBJ did. He wouldn't let them go until they come out with some sort uh, of Oh, is that right? Well, there you go. Doris, you Doris, have provided you. us
1: with so much hope. <laughs> thank thank you. you. so much. And please, you guys, if you get a second, listen to Doris's masterclass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll, it'll, it's awesome. Oh,
3: Doris, thank you so much for having me. Thank you and We for appreciate
1: being here. it so much.
0: The second lady's voice, cracking and worried, that is Jenna Bush, George Bush Jr.'s daughter. The daughter of a former living president is looking at a historian like, are we good Is everything all nervous and shit? But I believe our government. And remember, our government is not a handful of people. It's thousands upon thousands of career people. The military, the Pentagon, the government. But it's a career. Like truck driving's a career, or retail or restaurant for some. Poker's a career for some. Whatever. It's a field. But the United States of America... Our government, in my opinion, has made an example of Donald Trump and is sending a message to the future con men of our country, Don Jr. I hope you and Kimberly Newsom are listening. But next time, don't even think about it. He's disgraced himself, our standing in the world, he's spooked our allies, and he goes down in history Just like his brand, worthless and fake. But circling back, today's the day. Welcome, you know, President Biden and Vice President Harris. Holy shit. We have a woman, Vice President. I'm so proud to be an American right now. Kamala Harris is going to be president someday. I knew it. Check the the show notes. I got behind her for president when she was in a pool of like 20 Democrats running and I knew she dropped out of the 2020 race for the president way too early. She was way too popular, man. She had only been a senator of California for a a short time, relatively short time. Not really known in politics, known, but not, you know, like Paul Ryan known. And when she announced she was running for president, the Bay Area got behind her quick. Her record was stellar, not without bumps along the way. Any you guys perfect? No? Okay, good. We're on the same page. But she's legit. She worked her way up from Oakland, from Berkeley, using her mind. She didn't suck nobody's dick, bitch. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Devin Nunes, all the usual suspects, all you fucking Republicans that let all the people in your states get railroaded. Shame on you guys, Mitch McConnell. But the Bay Area got behind Kamala Harris, man. We're 8 million people just in the Bay. And she was drawing crowds in California, just the state. At mass, or then some of a Donald Trump rally anywhere in the country. And people flew in and drove into his rallies to get those kind of numbers. I'm not taking anything away from the 74 million Trump supporters. Respect to a lot of you. I'm just saying Kamala Harris was going to be a force to be reckoned with. She's badass, she's from Oakland. She's a prosecutor. She don't take shit, motherfucker. And side note, and this is what pisses me off. When people from the Bay Area or Northern California just run with the conservative narrative that Kamala Harris is some whore that slept her way to the top, that's not her. And that is how people think about the community of which they came, that the only way a local woman in and from the Bay Area or anywhere around California or actually anywhere, it doesn't matter, but that the only way that a local girl can reach success, like the White House, for example, is by sleeping her way there? Fuck you. What's that say about you? What's that say about the belief you have in people from your own community? Kamala Harris made it. A Bay Area native, native, born at Oakland Medical Center. But all these birther shits that are circulating, the birther shits, she slept her way to the top, all this crap on the internet and Fox. That wannabe Ken doll, Jesse Waters, on Fox again, told all his viewers, viewers, he has a fucking show on Fox, but they're still pushing to their viewers and their listeners that Kamala Harris was born in Canada. Rush Limbaugh calls her Kami Harris. Now that don't bother her, but if you're born and bred in the Bay Area or Northern California or California. Know California anywhere at all, and you're hearing douche Limbaugh call her commie Harris, and that doesn't make you say, "Hey, wait, wait, what? What'd you just say? That's my people. That's where I'm from. And communists don't come out of the Bay Area, bitch. We are diversity rush. That is the opposite of communism. Bubbles, and what the fuck." Do you think you know about anybody from California, let alone the Bay Area? Con man Rush? Liar? Trash? Where are you getting treatment at, uh, Rush? You too, Dan Bongino? You guys ain't so sick. You can't get on the mic and sound mad and make up stories for two and three hours a day. I'm just asking questions. Okay, back to Kamala Harris. I'm not taking shit. Well, this birther shit that they're riling up their listeners now, they, Fox, the Bill O'Reilly's of the Obama years, I'm going to draw that connection here in a bit, but O'Reilly is yet another pussy grabber. Sidebar. Look up Bill O'Reilly and the multiple sexual harassment lawsuits and class actions he caused Fox News before they had to cut his ass loose. Yeah, he's a credible and charactered individual. He's about as credible now as Rudy Giuliani. But here's the connection. Donald Trump, Bill O'Reilly, and Fox, they pushed the same shit about Barack Obama not being born in America during his presidency. Trump went all over the internet on national television, The View, I think 2011, 2012, I'm not sure. The interview itself is on YouTube. And Trump's like, yeah, my investigators are finding some interesting things in Hawaii. Trump claimed Obama wasn't a legitimate president because maybe he wasn't born here. Yeah, born here in America. Here's a Quick clip.
3: You recently said about President Obama. I'm going to quote you. He grew up and nobody knew him. Nobody knows who he is until later in his life. The whole thing is very strange. What are you driving at there? Are you a birth? Well, Donald?
4: Okay. Something okay, on okay, that well, birth not, certificate that he doesn't like? Oh my oh,
1: god! That's a that is, is just what are what are I'm telling you. you? you Donnie, I love you. Donald, I'm telling I love you. you too. I think that's the biggest pile of dog well, mess I've heard in the ages.
0: Joy age. Bear is like. That's why he's always talking, or he was because he's shut down now, but that's why he was always talking shit about The View and Joy because she made a joke of him to his face and on national TV. But Trump's like, yeah, we got some good stuff on Obama coming in about two weeks. Two weeks we got, uh, you know, we got some really big, big stuff. Everything is two fucking weeks with this guy.
4: Wiretap covers a lot of different things. I think you're going to find some very interesting items coming to the forefront over the next two weeks. We'll be reporting back sometime over the next two weeks as to NAFTA and what we're going to do about it. I'll be making a big decision on the Paris Accord over the next two weeks. We don't have press conferences, and we do. You don't mean that. We just don't have them, unless I have them every two weeks and I do myself. We're doing very well in the fight against ISIS, and we're going to be having a news conference in about two weeks to let everybody know how well we're doing. And the mines are starting to open up, having a big opening in two weeks. Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, so many places. A big opening of a brand new mine, it's unheard of.
0: Okay, back to the Obama birther conspiracy. Obama was like, okay, I'm going to fucking handle this dude, this fucking shit talker. Obama invites Trump to the White House for this White House Correspondents Award dinner. Everything is, you know, shits, bells and whistles, media everywhere, tuxedos, dresses, CNN five.
5: It is wonderful to be here at the White House Correspondents Dinner. What a week. some of you heard, the state of Hawaii released my official long-form birth certificate. Hopefully, that this puts all doubts to rest. But just in case there are any lingering questions, tonight, I'm prepared to go a step further. Tonight, for the first time, I am releasing my official birth video. Now, I warn you, no one has seen this footage in 50 years. Not even me. But uh, let's take a look. Back to square one. I, I, I want to make clear to the Fox News table, that was a joke. Uh, that was not my real birth video. That was a children's cartoon. <laughs> Call Disney if you don't believe me. They have the original long-form version. There is a vicious rumor floating around that I think could really hurt Mitt Romney. I heard he passed universal health care when he was governor of Massachusetts. (laughs) Someone should get to the bottom of that. And I know just the guy to do it. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now, I know that he's taken some flack lately. But no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? All kidding aside, obviously, we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently, in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meat Loaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Sir Well handled Say what you will about uh, Mr. Trump. He certainly would bring some change to the White House. Let's see what we've got up there.:
0: Obama roasts his ass. boom! Here's my birth certificate. bitch. Watch the video. Trump's fucking humiliated. At the end, this is all in like uh, 2011, 2012. But at the end of the video, Obama drops the hammer down, puts the final nail in the coffin. But Obama puts up an image in front of everybody in the world of what a White House under a president, Donald Trump, would look like if Trump were ever to run, which we all know he did. But the image had, of a a Trump White House, it had pictures of golfers and hookers and strippers and bright colors that say hotel casino above the pillars of the entrance of the White House. The living version of Biff fucking Tannen. Because that is the real life Donald Trump led prior to running for president. It was all over the papers, the real papers, the news. In the tabloids, he was portrayed as a playboy on a jet. In reality, TV, he's portrayed as this super rich CEO on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. He claims all these women are fighting over him. Nobody's fighting over you. Look at you. You still got a comb over and you have to pay for it, man. You're not cool. He raw dogs porn stars. That's dirty. And no offense to the porn stars storming in them. And not one, but three bankrupt casinos. How do you bankrupt one casino, let alone three, fool? He's a terrible businessman. He tried to be Sam Rothstein out there in Atlantic City. Sam worked. Those guys had ethics for their thing and in the businesses with our, or with the businesses inside their thing. Three bankrupt casinos his uncle's chief judge, his brother-in-law runs a
4: county commission I don't know how many other relatives he's got there's got to be a way to work him back in you're in the finances, you're upstairs, but you are not on the floor you don't see what's going on I've got thousands of players, i got 500 dealers they're all looking to rob me blind 24 hours a day, I have to let them know I'm watching all the details all the time that there is not one single thing I will not catch as I am over here look at yours what? look at that look at, look at this, there's nothing Look how many blueberries your muffin has and how many mine has. Yours is falling apart. I have nothing. What are you talking about? It's like everything else in this place. You don't know, do it yourself. It never gets done. Where are you going? How
5: long can this go on? From now on,
4: I want you to put an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. you know how long that's going to take? I don't care how long it takes. Put an equal amount in each muffin.
0: Down to the blueberry. Equal. And everybody ate. That's a businessman. Do you see the connection away from the mob and organized crime? I'm trying to draw and to point directly at the scam. He's not organized. He never has been. He's not proactive. He's reactive. And what New Yorkers have been saying about this small-time real estate guy the whole time, the world now knows. Karma is alive and well. 2016, the state of New York, his hometown, his father's home state, both their states, it voted for Hillary Clinton. They knew. Now let's go back to Kamala Harris. Boom! I am so proud. I worked in Oakland for about 10 years. It's got some really, you know, bad patches as all states have. I'm so proud to be from the Bay Area and to support this local girl at the highest level of our government cuz she fucking earned it. She's going to do awesome things for struggling communities. She came from struggle. She knows. And she's going to take the seat. Eventually, stolen from Hillary Clinton. Thank you, President Biden. Joe Biden served his country for years in the Senate. And then as vice president for eight years, he left office popular. That's why during those presidential debates, Joe Biden called him a clown. and He was just laughing at him. 74 million voted for President Trump. 81 million voted for Biden. The Democrats took the House, the Senate, and the big chair. This wasn't stolen, people. They are lying to you. There were more people that voted for Joe. It's basic math. You can't have your way. Just because you said it was stolen doesn't make it actually stolen. 60 times. Now, the courts told you no. The people spoke. The majority of Americans do not want this crazy shit. And <laughs> sideshow, man, if you know someone who's going to be a part of some hostile state capitol buildings takeover on the 17th or the 20th, that's going around. The FBI released that shit. I don't know anybody that is a part of that. But if you do, you better remind them who, just who they're dealing with. They got the shaman. The government has the military and federal agencies. Don't be stupid again. All right. And right as we finished recording last week's show, like two hours after I sent it off to the media partners, Trump's hardest core did attempt to take over the United States government. And while most of the media's hair was on fire, justifiably, I was like, honey, get the popcorn, the movie style popcorn. The theaters here in California are still closed uh, for COVID. So we got the very best popcorn on the market Orville Redenbacher. But it's been like a week or so. I'm sure all our listeners all over this beautiful world of ours have seen the shit show that took place at the Capitol. Led by, like I said, the fucking shaman right here.
6: Because the longer we keep this up, the more the word gets out, and the more our children will be saved from these globalists. Okay? they are, they're, All their stuff is hidden in plain sight. Check this out. At Arrowhead Mall here in, in Arizona, this symbol is their chosen symbol at Arrowhead Mall. Okay? What the fuck, Arrowhead? Why are you using pedophile code in your symbolism? Okay? And it's because, I think, because... This symbol says that Arrowhead Mall is a safe haven for certain people with certain tastes, in particular, boy love. Okay, that's what the symbol means, according to the FBI. That's not just me talking out my rear end here, okay? So this symbol being the symbol that uh, Arrowhead Mall is using by their bathrooms should be a concern to everybody. And if we begin to look for this type of symbolism or if we begin to look for things like um, certain code words like pasta or pizza, and if the pizza sign has like devil horns or something like that, that's something to watch out for, okay? If... So, in order to beat this evil occultic force you need a light occultic force you need a, an occultic force that is of the side of God, of love like, almost like the, on the side of the angels okay, as opposed to the demons alright, and so as a shaman, I am like a multidimensional or hyper-dimensional being okay, I am able to perceive multiple different frequencies of light beyond my five senses, and it allows me to see into these other higher dimensions that these entities, these pedophiles, these rapists these murders, these really high up people that they almost like hide in the shadows in nobody can see that because the third eye ain't open okay and that's where things like fluoride and stuff like that comes in so
0: that's a 10 minute video that i won't put you all through all the way but the camera crew just let this guy ramble stream of consciousness just you know talk your you know talk yourself right into the psych ward brother the shaman thought he could get served organic food in jail. Privileged people are so dumb. But the shaman came to Congress and the state that day. You came to with no shirt shaman, a hat with horns, face painted like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, and you thought you were going to take over the government of the United States. See how crazy that sounds? all of you that fell for this shit. Again, 74 million people voted for Trump. And Trump thought that that 74 million were going to assist him in overthrowing their own government. That's how dumb he is too. The rally Trump had in the morning with Rudy Giuliani and You know, Trump's kids sending warnings to the Republicans and calling for trial by combat. But that rally in the morning before Biden's first certification attempt, it produced tens of thousands of people, maximum 80,000 people. Bannon is telling his base it was over a million that showed up there on the 6th. Nope. Of the 74 million Trump voters, maybe 2,000 came to Washington thinking they could actually overturn the United States government. Not everybody got involved and stormed the building. Most knew there were, you know, there would be legal ramifications for their actions against the United States if they went sideways with these whatevers. 2,000 of the most unstable individuals. And let's be clear, by unstable, I mean mentally not all there. I mean drug abusers, easily manipulated. The guy carrying the Confederate flag around the Capitol building, he was a tweaker. I know what a tweaker looks like. And side note, no, I am not a drug addict. Mama's Boy in Colorado. But I there's people I know and love who struggle with addiction. Friends. Me and my people take clothes and food into homeless camps. I don't donate clothes to Goodwill. People on the streets can't afford thrift stores. But when I do go down there, when I do go down there, I talk to those people and I find out why or how they ended up on the street and in a tent. A lot of drugs, a lot of drugs people talk about. Some people even work in retail stores but can't afford even a one-bedroom apartment. Some don't even know their own name. Some are just there because life was too much and living in a tent and from place to place was a chill life for them. The stories run the gamut. But what the fuck are you doing for your fellow man, my man? Guys like you? You see a homeless person and you laugh. Personal responsibility as you walk by and as your country club parents bail you out of every dumb decision you make. Like Brock Turner. Another sidebar. Brock Turner, you're lucky it wasn't guys from my neighborhood that walked up on you at Stanford raping a girl that was passed out. You may not have made it even to jail that night, my man. Now back to the number of people that tried to overtake our government. At maximum, 80,000 people attended Trump's rally in the morning. And maybe, like I said, two, 3,000 believed they were, you know, in a real-life revolution and forced their way into the building. Again, you've all seen the videos. I won't play any. But these 3,000, whatever, actually thought they were capable of overthrowing the United States government. If that were even possible, other powerful world leaders and countries, evil smart people, would have taken over our country many, many decades ago. If we were that weak, that a bunch of cross-eyed, shirtless, homegrown Neanderthals, on their first try, could overthrow the USA... If you think we're that weak, we got bigger problems than we thought. This wasn't organized. They didn't have a plan once they got in. They were hanging out, smoking weed, screaming through the halls, Nancy, Chuck, hang Mike Pence. Do Do you guys even know that those federal officials have federal security details? These people were whisked away. When you guys were at the gates, what did you guys do next? What was the plan? Once entering the building, you had no plan. So what'd you do? You started to take selfies, kick back like you were cool, dress up statues and Trump paraphernalia, call your mom like, I made it inside, Ma. And now you're all going to jail. Your mom, too, because you dragged her into the building with you. See, your own fucking mothers you would put in harm's way. Those buildings have top-flight security cameras. Those pictures were crystal clear. The guy carrying the speaker's podium, he was wearing a badge from work. Why did you wear your name around your neck so you could be identified?
4: So now, my plan was to stay alive long enough to sell off the dope that the cops never found and then disappear for a while until I can get things straightened out. Karen! Where's the stuff that I left, Karen?
0: I flushed it down the toilet. You what? What was I supposed to do? They were all over the house. Karen,
1: that was worth sixty thousand dollars. I need that money. That's all we got. What was I supposed to do, Karen? weren't?
3: They were in everything. That's all the money that we had, Karen. I was dependent on that. Why did you do that? I had to. Karen, wa- they were going to find oh, it. Fuck, Karen. They would have never they found, found, it. found it.
1: I swear to you, Henry. I swear, Henry. They would have found it. Oh no! Why did you
3: do that?
6: Why? They why did you do that, Terry?
5: Oh, oh my
0: God.
5: Oh my God. God. Yeah.
2: No. 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 <laughs>
0: Yeah, why did you do that? It's the government. They have the most developed security around all those buildings. Just zoom in and, okay, uh, it looks like dumb shit from Florida. These guys are all getting caught. They've been made fools of. And they're going to jail. Trump ain't saving them. And most of these guys will get public defenders. You guys were pawns, man. Four of their group died. And they beat and killed a Capitol Police officer to death. And now you hear, oh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter flew in and caused the ruckus. Bullshit. That was a Trump-hungry, Unabomber-style shit. But Kaczynski was a genius. You guys had the shaman. The shaman, that dude was leading you guys, man. Side note, in 2016, over a million people, factually, In this country, a bunch of women and men in pink pussy hats protested the election of Donald Trump. Over a million of us in this country and millions more across the country. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, across the world, but not one fight. Not one person tried to overthrow the country or stop the transfer of power. Not one. I know because I was there and sidebar I'm so tired of reading about how this is all Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey's fault for not shutting down Trump sooner or these militia groups from forming on social media. It was good to see Sheryl Sandberg come out today and finally, you know, lean in and and make some statements on what Facebook is doing, but I'm reading about how this is big tech's fault and they didn't stop The groups that were forming to kidnap the governor in Michigan or these insurgents. Yes, you intellectual dumbasses, respectfully. They did. They did stop it. Who do you think informed the FBI of the plot? Who do you think informed the FBI of the people involved in the plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer? It was the teams of Facebook cybersecurity, Twitter cybersecurity, Google cybersecurity. Social media platforms monitor everything. If you create a room for discussions about politics or kidnapping a governor, mommy's support groups, there are people, human beings. Episode one or two. Maybe later, I don't know. But I know we've talked about the agreements. You click when you sign up for these accounts. But the platforms monitor those rooms and your messenger. If there's uh, criminal or potential criminal content, they, the cybersecurity teams, they go through a process with the legal teams that is, uh, you know, in-house counsel, top flight, because they're legit. But the legal teams then decide if certain content should be reported to the FBI. Dorsey Sundar and Zuckerfuck, I've heard him. you know, I've seen him and referred to a lot like that on social media. But they work with the FBI. And I can just hear the calls to the FBI from their team. Hi, this is uh, Sebastian from Facebook. There's some like really random guys doing some terrible planning of a kidnapping in Michigan. Yeah, of the governor. Yeah, they elected her, I know, right? You might want to, like, check into this, okay? Okay, bye. The FBI then takes over and begins their own monitoring of these guys and lets those dummies build as big a group as they could so they could build the strongest case against as many of them as they could, the would-be uh, Michigan governor kidnappers. But the FBI let them grow as big as they could, so they could put as many away of them as, they, as they, uh, that were involved for a very long time. What planet do people live on when they think it's okay to plot the kidnapping of a United States governor? These guys were building meeting places, ordering combat stuff online, organizing secret group meetings on a platform that they agreed to be monitored when they clicked on the terms of agreement. Then they cry privacy, First Amendment when they get busted. You don't think a bunch of random dudes ordering combat equipment wasn't going to be reported to the FBI? by the Amazon cybersecurity teams too. without the social media platforms, their cybersecurity teams informing the FBI of these types of crazy shits. How far would the attempted kidnappers of Governor Whitmore have gotten? The mock courthouse in their garage that they had talked about for trying her in? Because in their minds, she was a traitor, and she needed to be tried for treason, and they were going to try her in their garage. But without the tech cyber teams, without our government agencies, what well, would Governor Whitmer still stood in these dummies' uh, garages? These guys ain't right. They're on something, or they're just mentally out of their face. They are the same guys, the same type of guys, that showed up at the Capitol building. The shamans. This guy ain't no shaman. He's sham shit. He's Charmin. What do you do with Charmin? He's all painted up. Mel Gibson, are you laughing yet? Trump. He used addicts and mentally ill vets suffering from PTSD. He capitalized on them. He got their donations. And he got them to attempt to strong arm the United States government. As I mentioned last week, ahead of the the mess in Washington earlier today, but I said Steve Bannon, Rush Limbaugh, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro, Joey Salads, all of them bear responsibility for this Spartacus moment that they've been telling their listeners that is coming, that they're going to be involved in, that the government is with them. Trump was with them. Trump is not the government. The government is the government. Parler, which just got d- uh, shut down to get today, that was a platform where there was no monitoring. Free speech, they say. But if, but if I'm not mistaken, parlor proudly run on no monitoring of bad actors against our government or of any regular citizens, you can say and do whatever you want. You can't let something get out of hand though. Say whatever you want, make friends, talk shit to people all over the world, all over the country, whatever. That's the intent of the platform, sharing information. But if you're not going to monitor a platform that has millions of people on it, or work with the government to make sure people like the shaman don't grow a base of followers so big and so grounded in lies and conspiracies that they pose a danger to other Americans, to themselves, and to our democracy. If you don't deal with embers, you soon have a wildfire. But Parler didn't want to play ball. Didn't want to be on the same team as the tech leaders to work within the boundaries of the United States and the government and our laws, our own government, John Mays or Mize, whatever the fuck your name is. But Amazon said, fuck you, parlor. They too have given you mindfuckers enough rope for you to hang yourselves with. Bye-bye. Kick those Rocks. And don't cry about it either, parlor. People are done with this shit. But circling back, I just don't think the tech industry is the bad guy here. They have, uh, you know, some some shit they got to fix. Just like every new industry, the cannabis industry is going through regulatory shit right now too, trying to uh trying to stabilize. You know, tech is relatively young, but they are going through some shit. I say we write it out with them. They offer good jobs, good paying jobs. They take good care of their people, even if they're vendors. But I just don't think they own everything. And factually, the bad guys are not the tech guys. Factually, the bad guy for everyday Americans are the Trumps. Every fucking one of them. They're terrible. Welcome, President Biden. get out of here. No assholes, no emails this week. We're celebrating. Quick shout out to Holly and Robin who I heard are on deck every Wednesday waiting for the East West Grind's latest show. Thank you ladies. Much love. Send your emails and questions, comments, whatever the fuck to info at eastwestgrind.com thanks to all the new friends and foes your emails motivate me to get her done every week thanks for listening guys and as always I got your back peace
1: let's all celebrate and have a good time